0: What's up, everybody? I'm Greg Potters from AlbumReview.net, and welcome to my podcast. Today's episode, I'm going to be reviewing John Coltrane's 1961 album, My Favorite Things. So there are thousands of jazz albums out there. Jazz is a newer friend of mine, and by new, I don't mean like last year new. I mean within the last, say, 10 or 12 years What I've realized over those 10 to 12 years is that jazz kind of acts as a calming agent for me. So I invite you to listen more and and I'll explain. So previously I reviewed a classic Miles Davis album called Kind of Blue. Um, a, A guy playing tenor saxophone on that very album was Mr. John Coltrane. Coltrane first caught my attention in uh, 1991 while I was watching the film The Doors, which was produced by Oliver Stone and starring Val Kilmer and Meg Ryan. Uh, there's, a, there's a scene in the movie where the band is writing one of their classics, Light My Fire, and Doors guitarist Robbie Krieger says to his bandmates, maybe we could put a couple of long solos on it, referring to writing the music for Light My Fire, and then he says, you know, like, uh, like Coltrane did on My Favorite Things. So after seeing the movie like three times in the theater in 91 and then purchasing the VHS tape, I was curious to know who this Coltrane guy was. So I looked him up the only way I knew how, going to the record store. So John William Coltrane was born September 23rd, 1926 in a small town called Hamlet, North Carolina. And in late 1938, through 1939, John's grandparents, his aunt, and his father all passed away within a few months of each other, leaving him to be cared by his mother and his older cousins. So John and his remaining family moved to Philly, Philadelphia, PA, that is, in 1943, and at age 17, John's mother bought him his first saxophone. It was an alto sax. So John was lucky enough to serve as a musician a few years later in the United States Navy, trading time between playing while overseas and playing in nightclubs as a young man all throughout Philadelphia. And in 1955, he caught the eye and ear of famed jazz musician Miles Davis. And so, although very, very raw, Miles saw Coltrane's talent immediately and invited the then 29-year-old to join one of the most prestigious jazz quintets in music history playing primarily a, uh, a tenor saxophone, Coltrane added his genius musicianship to one of, if not the most famous jazz albums of all time, Davis's Kind of Blue. Well, by 1956, 1957, Coltrane was now famous. However, 1957 really offered a wake-up call for John when he was approached by Miles one evening to discuss their future together. Coltrane had developed an $80 a day heroin habit. His addiction had gotten out of control, and Miles had to give some tough love to John by letting him go. Fortunately, getting fired by the jazz god was indeed what he needed. And soon after this experience, John moved back to Philadelphia to live with his mother and really to get clean. Within a year, Coltrane had impressively kicked his heroin habit. And rejoined Miles on tour. In addition to traveling and playing with Miles, he uh, he continued to write and record his own albums as a first-time band leader. So in 1961, Coltrane released this album I'm talking to you guys about today, My Favorite Things, which was on Atlantic Records. And this was the this record would bring John his first hit single, which was the the title track, My Favorite Things, which. Many of you know from the 1959 Broadway musical The Sound of Music and the famed 1965 film version starring Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer. When Coltrane recorded the song in late 1960, it had yet to hit the silver screen in the famed movie. However, the the track originally written by Oscar Hammerstein II and Richard Rodgers had national notoriety as the musical play was one of Broadway's most popular. So, break out the scotch, break out the bourbon, or a fine wine when you spin this record. Or for many of you, listen to it on your phone. With only four songs on this album, My Favorite Things clocks in at 40 minutes and 25 seconds. So, each song brings a positive, calming vibe that immediately makes you feel as if you are in a dark jazz club in either New York or San Francisco. The basement is filled with tables, all pointing towards a very, very small stage. Picture the waitstaff buzzing past each table on the floor, serving drink after drink. Each occupied table is lit by one candle, and all the patrons are in a trance, staring at the musicians. This album was the first where Coltrane played his soprano saxophone. It was uh, presented to John as a gift from Miles. The soprano sax is a higher register variety of saxophone than the tenor. It's uh, shaped more like a straight stick horn as opposed to the, you know, those smooth curves of a tenor saxophone. Coltrane practiced on his new tenor like, like a man with no talent, one of his friends once said. He was always looking for inspiration. In the the album's opening track, the, the title track, you can hear Coltrane take his solo to another dimension. And this is roughly at about 10 minutes and 13 seconds into the song. That solo immediately caught my attention. It made me finally understand what Robbie Krieger was referring to when he told his Doors bandmates he wanted to write their most famous song in the structure that Coltrane played My Favorite Things. Verse, chorus, long instrumental, verse, chorus, long instrumental, verse, chorus, end. So I listen to this album, you guys, when I'm cooking, when I'm cleaning, relaxing, driving, reading, writing, and even when I'm just listening. Remember when we just listened to music? No distractions. We just listened. Remember that? (laughs) I make an effort from time to time to just sit down, drop the needle on a classic album, and for 20 to 30 minutes, just listen. The next song, Every Time We Say Goodbye, is a departure from the album's up-tempo title track. I can see this song being played at several USO dances in the 1960s where soldiers are dancing cheek to cheek with their sweethearts <laughs> while while hearing this it's easy for me to picture looking out the window on a rainy or snowy night there's a fire in the fireplace and your best scotch is sitting out on the counter calling your name the third song summertime picks the jazzy groove up a little bit the swinging stand-up bass from steve davis is uh it's difficult to miss as it it really provides a strong rhythm on top of the drum beat that's put down by this guy named Elvin Jones. In addition to this, this absolutely complete rock star pianist, McCoy Tyner, adds a Hall of Fame-level piano track, not only in this song, but on all four tracks on this record. I'm telling you guys, these four musicians all went on to have established careers of their own after playing with John. And like Kind of Blue... This album, My Favorite Things, is another collection of Hall of Famer dream teamers that create a work of art. But Not For Me is the song that closes out the album. At just four tracks, you still feel as if you've got your money's worth. Each song offers really lengthy Im- improvisational jams led by Coltrane and his, just his masterful sax. Coltrane was found many nights asleep by his friends on his cot, a couch, or his bed with his saxophone laying on top of him. And many of his close friends frequently stated, John played himself to sleep again last night. Coltrane never stopped practicing, even when he was famous and considered among the genres elite. So I read that one night at a gig in San Francisco between sets, John left the venue, walked 10 or 12 blocks with binoculars, and gazed at the stars until it was time to walk back. This guy wanted to do anything he could to find inspiration. Although none of the songs on My Favorite Things were written by him, John Coltrane wanted to make some of his favorite songs and play them the way he wanted. Due to nationwide familiarity with most of the music, This album was met with open arms and great enthusiasm by the public, and it quickly became a smash hit for Coltrane by late 1965. By that year as well, it enabled him to record and release anything he wanted with whomever he wanted to play with. So there's speculation that by 1965, John was also using again. And rather than bother with heroin, he decided to experiment with LSD, a a psychedelic hallucinogen that John said enabled him to see his music in addition to hearing it. During, uh, During many live performances, Coltrane would extend songs 10, sometimes 15 minutes just to solo and jam with his bandmates. This is the true genius of Coltrane. Unfortunately, John died of liver cancer on July 17th, 1967, at the early age of only 40. He was still considered by many as a young man who had so much more to offer. He's, he had also been battling hepatitis, which many close friends said was developed after years of using DD, um, DD, <laughs> dirty needles as a, a heroin addict. Either way, like many musicians I write about, Coltrane died way too early and left a hole in the heart of his family, his friends, and jazz fans. The hole is still felt even to this day. There are still murals to Coltrane in Philly and his birth town of Hamlet, North Carolina. The Philly mural was part of a building teardown just last year in 2020, but the city partnered with local artists quickly and a redesign of the famed mural is set to be completed by mid 2021. I think long and hard you guys about the albums that I choose to review, not just for my website, but for this podcast. And many times I agonize over what people want to hear or what they want to read. But in the end, I stick to my initial goal, which is to create something that enables you to feel my passion when reading each review or listening to this podcast. I want to encourage a reaction from you of either total agreement, total disagreement, or spark your curiosity to make you pick up a copy and listen. For if every review is about an album you'd already heard, Well, how boring is that, right? Don't you want to be inspired? So if jazz is your thing, I'm guessing you've listened to this before or at least another Coltrane record. If jazz is not your thing, try this album, My Favorite Things. Come on, dip your toe. The next time you're feeling overwhelmed or experience feelings of stress, listen to this album for five minutes. I promise you, your stress will melt away. I'm Greg Potters with albumreview.net. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Have a great day, guys. Trip down by the highway. Take a 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 trip.